0: 400 D commitments away from the average so there's usually 600 D commitments a cycle and right now we're sitting at 200 D commitments so far so just to hit the average not a high number but just to hit the average there will be 400 D commitments between now and National Signing Day so the next eight weeks is going to be a wild ride the season ends in about four or five weeks then we got early National Signing Day on December 20. So stay locked in here to the Inside Scoop. We are going to have all the latest developments, the decommitments, the flips, the surprise visits. We're going to cover it all right here. So subscribe to the On3Recruits channel. It's going to be an exciting ride to signing day. We need you guys to be a part of it. So go ahead and hit subscribe, please. All right. Welcome into the Inside Scoop. We are live today. We are alive today as well. And as always, let me know where you're watching from. Like literally where you're watching the show from, I want to know. Are you watching from your car at lunch break? Do we have any UPS drivers catching a segment in between dropping loads? Anybody watching from school right now? Let me know, comment section below. All right, so let's get this thing started. On today's show, we got Lane Kiffin reinvigorated and off to an 8-1 and record just in time for flip season. We're also going to talk Alabama recruiting, coming off their big win over LSU. The Florida Gators, they had a pair of five-star wide receivers on campus that are committed to other programs. is big flips in the works. But first, we're going to start by talking Colorado recruiting. Will the mounting losses impact Coach Prime's ability to bring in the talent he needs for this program to take the next step? This weekend, the Buffs brought in some recruits that could make an immediate impact at positions of need we're going to talk about it all in this video Colorado fans hit subscribe we're going to we got a lot to cover hit subscribe on three recruits channel thank you okay let's bring on our first guest Sam Spiegelman national recruiting analyst here at on three and Sam you had a chance to speak directly to Draylon Miller coming off of his big visit to Colorado over the weekend Now. Draylon's a four-star wide receiver prospect that was committed to Texas A&M for a while, but decommitted two weeks ago. What are you hearing? Well, not what are you hearing, but what did Draylon say to you coming off this visit to Colorado?
1: Yeah, this, uh, this visit has been in the works for a while. So he finally got a chance to go out to Folsom, a chance to see Boulder. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, after he decommitted from A&M, Coach Prime went out to, to small town Silsby, Texas, Um, Southeast Texas, for those who don't know at home, um, which was a big deal to that small little community. So Draylon Miller, very excited to go to Colorado. The first of three visits this November gets a lot of quality time with coach prime. Um, They even uh, coach prime tried to guard Draylon uh, there before the game, a lot of one-on-one time trying to say, Hey, You see what we're doing with Travis Hunter and Shadur. Look what happens if we can add more pieces, more talent like yourself, Draylon. And there's an open opportunity if you want to come here and and compete for a starting job right away. And I think that really caught Draylon's attention. Um, He's not considering too many schools. He's keeping an open recruitment. Um, And Colorado was the first to kind of wow him this weekend.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, you said he has three visits set for the month of November. What are the other two?
1: Yep, he's already been to Colorado. This coming week, he'll head back to Baton Rouge. You'll remember he was at LSU right before he decommitted from a and And then he'll get to USC on the 18th. Like LSU, USC was also a finalist for Draylon Miller before he pledged to a and over the summer.
0: Yeah. All right. One last ta- uh, question on Draylon. Uh, stack the teams in order for me. How do you think, coming out of this visit to Colorado, how do you think his recruitment stacks up?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, you have to consider Colorado a player, uh, but but the attention shifts now to these next two visits. Like I said, the Tigers and the Trojans were were two and three behind Texas A&M when Draylon committed to the Aggies over the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, LSU's wide receiver coach, Cortez Hankton, is a college friend of Draylon's dad. It's about three and a half hours from where they live in Silsby, Texas. And, of course, uh, USC and Lincoln-Riley have the most prolific offense in the country. They're always going to have great quarterbacks, and – Uh, How many points did they score this this past weekend? 40. I think Draylon's excited to get back out to the Coliseum, talk to those coaches one more time and see what they have in store for him. My RPM is on LSU, and I think it kind of comes down to them and the Trojans in the end.
0: All right. Now, five-star offensive tackle Jordan Seaton was also in town. Um, Seaton is going to appear on the Inside Scoop. We're set to do an interview with him later today. I don't think he's gone on the record with anybody yet since he, since he left Colorado yesterday, but I was able to uh, exchange a few texts with him. He tells me that he brought his family out there, which I think is interesting because his entire family has not been on any visits. His uncle has been on a few with him, but not the entire family. So Colorado gets him out the second time this season. This was an official visit. Uh, we'll see what he says, but it's intri- I think it, it was very important for him to come out this week, and especially after Coach Prime had said in his post-game press conference last week that they need better offensive linemen. This one, though, is going to be a dogfight because Jordan Seaton, the number one-ranked offensive tackle in the country, also has Alabama, Florida, Oregon, and then Ohio State. So I think those teams plus Colorado – are really the main players now and we'll just have to see what happens down the stretch but stick to the on three recruits channel as we will very likely have jordan seaton himself telling us what he did on that colorado visit and where the buffalo stand so stay tuned for that later this week all right wanted to shift gears right now to cam michael i know he wasn't at colorado over the weekend but the big news here is he is officially set a decision date now the statesboro georgia four-star corner well he's really a two-way athlete is choosing on thanksgiving november 23rd between tennessee colorado south carolina kentucky texas a m and georgia he's a top 100 prospect the number nine ranked corner in the country Uh, Steve Wiltfong had a little bit of news this morning on Cam Michael over at 24-7 Sports. He is returning to Colorado this weekend for a game against Arizona. And then Cam Michael will also visit Tennessee before his decision. So Sam, do you think that Colorado can go back into the state of Georgia and pull Cam Michael, this insanely talented two-way athlete?
1: Yeah, well, you know what they say, follow the visits. He was in Georgia, the hometown team this past weekend. Georgia has really dialed up the push on Cam this this past his senior year, um, getting him on campus, and then he sets a date. Getting him back on campus for Colorado, of course, looms incredibly large. We've talked about this in the past, but Cam, even though he's, uh, you know, one of the, the blue chip cornerbacks in this recruiting class, you go to Colorado and you have the opportunity to make plays on both sides of the ball like he does at Statesboro High School. And I think that's why Colorado is going to have a seat at the final table with Cam Michael. He's also going to get back to Tennessee, which, of course, is one of the favorites down the stretch as well. I think look, at he has six finalists, but Georgia, Colorado, and also Tennessee, the way that they've been recruiting him and the way that these visits are going to play out down the stretch leading into Thanksgiving, I think you have to keep an eye on Colorado along with those two other teams.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's stay in the state of Georgia and talk about edge King Joseph Edwards. Now you put in a pick on the recruiting prediction machine. So did Chad Simmons for Colorado. Uh, do you think a loss, you know, he was in town for the loss against Oregon state in Boulder. Do you think a loss like that impacts Edwards decision? Because he's clearly trending towards Colorado, but does a recruit see loss
1: differently than maybe a fan or even an analyst? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, if if you're an adult like yourself or me at home and you think about a a team losing with one of its star top priority targets on hand, you think, oh, there goes the recruitment. They lost all their momentum. It's not the case. Like Mm -hmm. you said, with Jordan Seton, Deion Sanders had guys like Seton and King Joseph on on campus, guys, blue chippers in the trenches as they try to restock the Colorado roster. So it might be a loss in the win and loss column it might be a really great opportunity for Deion Sanders to say, hey, King Joseph, look at what we are missing on the defensive Mm -hmm. side of the ball. Look at what your presence could offer to us. And like we talked about with Draylon, there might be an opportunity to compete for playing time sooner rather than later. So while it might be a loss in the in the wins and records column, uh, it might be a win in the recruiting column.
0: Yeah, it could be because with recruiting, you have to sell hope. You have to sell excitement that's coming. And in year one for Dion, you can do that pretty easily. But I do think Coach Prime and the Buffaloes have to step it up on the recruiting trail. As it stands now, Colorado has 11 commitments toward their 2024 class, Ranked number 49 in the on three industry team rankings. That's not going to cut it. But I know they're not going to take a full 25, so I'm not saying that they need to be in the top 10 or even top 15. But they are going to take a handful more, probably up to six or seven, and they got to start winning some of these battles for the difference makers. Who am I talking about? Difference makers are recruits like a Jordan Seaton, a Draylon Miller, uh, Cam Coleman, Cam Michael. Coach Prime can't just sit there and think that top recruits are going to come to him. He's got to start doing some in-home visits. I don't know if this is true, But the only one that I know he did last cycle was Cormani McClain. Now, maybe he did a couple more, but I think that's the only in-home visit he did. Now, there could be different reasons for that because of Dion's health and and everything going on at the time. But this time around, he's going to have to do more. A head coach, they're allowed to use one day to see a recruit face-to-face. But within that day, you can have as many contacts as you want. So when we talk about big time recruiting, for example, we'll see Jimbo Fisher or Kirby Smart. Say he's meeting with the recruit at IMG Academy in Florida, but then his mom lives in Connecticut. Kirby and Jimbo, they're gonna hop on a private jet from Florida in the morning to Connecticut to go have dinner with the kid's mom 10 states away. So Sam, do you think That coach prime can recruit at this elite level and
1: battle some of the blue blood schools for top recruits well he's going to have to if he wants to get colorado where he wants that program to be like you said it's it's what he did last year with Cormani mclean that's the blueprint but like you said it was only one recruit if you're going to change the culture of colorado's program which he's doing but also upgrade the talent on the roster you need more than just one of those difference-making talents. Schools like Ohio State and Alabama and Georgia get mm-hmm. more than one difference-making recruit per year. Um, so if Dion's going to do it. Like you said, he's got to put in the effort. He's got to land more than just the, you know, the the Cam Michael. He's got to make a play for Jordan Seton and King Joseph Edwards and Draylon Miller. You want to get those blue-chippers and build a, a talented roster that has multiple guys. You have to win those key battles, and that's. We've seen him pull you know, rabbits out of his foot. No one thought that Cormani McLean was gonna end up playing his college football out in Boulder. We know that Dion is capable of it. Mm -hmm. Now he just has to put that plan into action. And I think this is a great opportunity for him as we've seen him lay the groundwork throughout the season.
0: Yeah. This team doesn't need just one or two good recruits. They gotta acquire some real talent at the, both the high school level and the portal level. And really, I'm not being critical. I'm excited. I do think Coach Prime and the Buffalos will recruit better down the stretch. I think that we will see them turn it on because recruiting season is Coach Prime season. So we're looking forward to that. Sam Spiegelman, thank you for dropping by the inside scoop. I'm going to go talk some Gator recruiting right now. Have fun. All right, let's head over to Gainesville where Gator recruiting is going much better than Gator football. I think Corey Bender can vouch for that. And in this video, we're going to talk about, we're going to get the intel on five-star wide receivers, Jeremiah Smith and Cam Coleman, one of the most coveted DBs in Florida. Zay Mincy, he was back on campus over the weekend. But before we get going, UF fans, hit that subscribe button for me to the On3 Recruits channel. We're growing this thing. We need you to be a part of it. All right, Corey. Let's start with the official visitors, Jeremiah Smith committed to Ohio State and also five-star wide receiver Cam Coleman. He's committed to Texas A&M. Last week, we talked on Thursday about how important it was for UF to show some excitement on offense to Jeremiah Smith. So I got to ask, do you think UF did enough here over the weekend? From individual performances, Josh, I would say yes with Eugene
2: Wilson. I know that's one guy, another five-star just like himself and he came out. I know he was highly impressed by that performance. I know Ricky Pearsall, he likes how they're getting their top playmakers the ball. That's one thing that's really stood out to him. But when you look at his whole recruitment, I think you and I both have said this all along. it's To change his mind, you can go on these visits, you see a lot. There's a lot of stuff that you like from campus to, hey, I'm going to be a difference maker. I'm going to play from day one. But when it comes to kind of putting all the chips on the table at the end of the day, I just have a very hard time seeing him you know, anywhere else but Ohio State. You and I have been in this industry for a long time. We've seen a lot of crazy things um, when it comes to decisions, but I don't expect Jeremiah to be one of them. But, you know, Florida definitely is making an impression, but I don't know if it's going to be enough.
0: All right. And we'll see. Also, do you think this is going to be UF's last chance to impress him face to face on campus? Now, I know. The UF coaches will be able to do in-home visits with them down the stretch, but will, will, Jer- will we see Jeremiah Smith back in Gainesville before signing day? There's a good possibility, Josh. He comes back
2: for the Florida State game. When we spoke to him early on in the season, that was a go, definitely. But the, the visit over the weekend for the Arkansas wasn't. So it's going to be. We're trying to figure out if he's going to just go to the Arkansas game and that's it, or he's going to come back for FSU game. So that's something right. that you know the family's highly considering you know, the Miami FSU game next weekend, something on the radar as well. So he's going to keep taking
0: visits, but as far as Florida, yeah, I think there's a good chance he comes back, but it's
2: not finalized.
0: All right. Well, we'll see what happens there. Now sort of a surprise addition to the visitor list late in the week was five star wide receiver, Cam Coleman. He's from the state of Alabama committed to Texas A and M in early July. Now this wasn't his first time being back in Gaines or being in Gainesville, but it was a little bit of a surprise. Does you have, have a shot here with Coleman? I would say I never will say a school doesn't have a shot completely.
2: Um, you know, they have a fighter's chance, I would say, down the stretch. He is going to return for an official visit more than okay. likely, Josh. If that does get scheduled, it'll be the weekend, of December 8th. That's when Florida's loading up with a lot of top notch kids. You know, Charles Lester's linked to that weekend, Alabama commit Jameer Grimsley. So they're trying to get him back on campus for that visit. And you know, Cam said, Hey, I'll be back for an official. He likes campus you know he likes the staff he likes how he could be a difference maker for Florida and obviously a lot of other schools kind of have that same blueprint set up for him but mm-hmm. I, I think overall it's going to be interesting. I think flipping him from Texas a and I mean I think other schools have a better shot I think Florida will have to knock it out of the park late down the stretch and like you said with uh, in-home visits we'll see if Billy Napier can kind of win that family over but right now I definitely wouldn't uh, get too excited there's a lot a lot of work to be put in
0: All right. Uh, This weekend, there was kind of an underlying storyline of UF versus Alabama. Uh, UF thought that they were getting Jamar Grimsley on campus, Jameer Grimsley, I'm sorry, from the Tampa Bay Area. He's been committed to Bama for a while, but the rumors of him flipping to UF have not stopped. Now, he was supposed to be in Gainesville this weekend, and Zay Mincy was supposed to be in Tuscaloosa this weekend. Well, the way it turned out was Zay Mincy shows up in Gainesville, But Jameer Grimsley actually ends up in Tuscaloosa. Didn't really see that one coming. So is that an indication of what the DB board looks like? Or do you think that Grimsley is still very much in play here? No, yeah. Jameer Grimsley's definitely still in play for Florida. From what – when I look at the visitors list that was projected,
2: I thought that was the biggest stinger for Florida. I know they've been working so hard to get him to campus. He grew up a Florida fan. Like you said, Josh, two-hour drive from Tampa. It's not that – not bad drive at all, but I spoke to him right before kickoff, and I said, "Hey, you, you at Gainesville? You hear ya He goes, "No, last minute change. We're going to Tuscaloosa instead." Wow! And that was one of those ones where I was like, "Man, if you're a if you're a Florida staff member, that's a kind of a kick in the gut, man." But the good thing is, he has rescheduled that visit uh, for the Florida State game at the end of the, at the end of this month. So I, I know with Florida, you know, Alabama's, you know, they're more well established. We all know that. Um, the thing Florida has going for them is obviously Corey Raymond. You know that they speak daily. That's a strong relationship. Sure. Um, you know, Florida was a lifelong favorite school, close to home. So, for, I, when I look at his recruitment, I know he has a soft place in his heart for Florida. But when it kind of comes to recruiting, he's treating it like a business, which a lot of top-notch kids do, while like he's highly ranked kids. So, I think it's going to be tough to change him from Alabama. But I think once he gets to in-home season, if they get that late official, that's when it could get interesting with Jameer Grimsley in Florida.
0: Okay. Now, there was one official visitor on campus. That was offensive mm-hmm. tackle favor edwin he's a big offensive lineman out of the state of georgia uh we talked about last thursday when you were on the show that auburn was trending heading into the weekend do you think florida made up ground i definitely do josh
2: and you if you look at his top group florida was his first power five offer earlier in the year they've been involved with him for a while they got on campus about three or four times and you know ov wise it shows how important he is right now to this florida staff as well like you and i noted josh Florida's not big on bringing, in, uh, bringing on in-season official visitors. They did with Jordan Seaton, obviously. But with Edwin coming to campus, it kind of shows where he's on the board right now. He's definitely a take. And I think right now Florida and Auburn are the schools trending up for him right now. Um, you know, He's very comfortable around the staff. He likes the developmental plan that Florida has in place with them with two offensive line coaches. The one thing he did say is, hey, if I had a decision, I would have made it a long time ago. He, he, I know he has more business coming up. He might yeah. come back for the Florida State game at the end of the year. Um, that would be big for Florida. I think right now it's pretty it's neck and neck with Florida and Auburn, and I think with Alabama and Clemson, especially those two schools, I think will depend on where he sits on their board. But I think Florida knocked out of the park this weekend, and he said a lot of Florida fans look at this. He goes, I don't look at the scoreboard. I watch the game. And he said, hey, the loss, I don't really care about it. I'm watching development, and I like what Florida's doing. So I think Florida is definitely a major player for him.
0: Yeah, hey, like we said in the segment before, talking about Colorado, sometimes recruiting is just about selling that hope and excitement for the future, and that's what you got to do if you're recruiting at Florida right now. All right, I probably should have lumped this in earlier, but Adarius Hayes, Florida linebacker commitment, showed up in Tuscaloosa. Like I said, there's kind of this Alabama versus Florida thing going on over the weekend. Now, he says, he has repeatedly told Gators Online that he's locked into his commitment to Florida, but – After visits to Alabama and a pair to Miami this season, is Hayes still open to other programs? He's still looking around. I think it's going to be tough to really change his mind. And actually, you get these
2: emotions on these visits. You love it. Everything was good. But when it comes to putting your name on that dotted line and saying, hey, this is where I'm going to go play for three to four years, I have a hard time believing that Florida Florida letter of intent sheet is going to be hard for him not to sign. So I think – What's interesting, though, Josh, I went to a school about three, four weeks ago. I asked him about Alabama. I was trying to do Joe Hastings a favor over at Alabama site. And I asked him, hey, are you speaking with Alabama? And he said, no, I haven't talked to him in a while. And it's kind of funny, you know, about a month yeah. later, he's on campus. So I know with, I think Miami's a little bit more of a factor with him, um, mm-hmm. you know, that familiarity. He's been at Court Gables a number of times. Um, you know, I think this Florida game, he was supposed to be at this game as well for the Arkansas game. So that's something to note as well. I I think when it comes down, though, he'll probably be back for the FSU game, going to do some in-homes with Florida. And obviously, he's a major priority for them, and he's feeling that. And I know from talking to sources, Florida feels like they've done everything they can with him. I mean, there's talk about the lifelong favorite school. I know a lot of fans don't want to hear it, but this kid's been all orange and blue his whole life. So I think it's going to be tough to kind of change his mind, but he is looking around a little bit.
0: Yeah, but as the losses mount, you know, these kind of things kind of do bubble up, and there's going to be a lot of questions down the stretch, but – We did see guys like Five Star Commitment, Xavier Filsimi, put out an Instagram story, and he said, quote, I know what I signed up for. Mm -hmm. Okay. Kanan Daniels, running back commitment, also put up a message of understanding and support after the Arkansas loss. But, Corey, looking at this Gator schedule, there might not be another win on it. Now, there Mm -hmm. have been zero defections from the core group, and I'm talking about guys like DJ Lagway, Filsimi, Nasir Johnson. Darius Hayes. There's been no decommitments yet. But Corey, can UF really afford to lose the rest of their games and think that this class is going to stay together? I think, like you said, Josh, DJ Lagway,
2: a lot of guys in this graphic that we have listed, a lot of these guys are solid. And and like Xavier said, he knows what he signed up for. And Florida has said to these kids repeatedly in the offseason, hey, it's going to take time. We're not promising some Mm -hmm. undefeated season. You know, we're building for the future. You guys can come in and play right away and all that type of stuff. But when you look at Florida's list, there are some commitments on there who I believe could end up elsewhere. Nazir Johnson, he's one I'm keeping close tabs on. He was at Colorado over the weekend for an ov. Um, you know, FSU, Georgia's involved too. I did speak mm-hmm. with a source close to um, you know Dublin, Georgia, you know, up by his school, and I spoke to someone from Florida that believes when all said and done, I think you know he does like Florida and if Florida wants him in this class. They're going to get him, but he's a guy you definitely have to keep close tabs on. And Jamonte Waller, um, an edge you know linebacker, a hybrid type of defender. Yeah. You know, Auburn's picking up steam with him. you got the in-state schools obviously still keeping close tabs. I'm hearing a little bit more buzz with him as far as looking around. But, yeah, Florida, you know, it's not the easiest schedule. Two road games come up. FSU at the end of the year, it's a tough slate. If they do lose a few guys, I think those are the two I'm keeping an eye on the most right now is, you know, Jamonte Waller and Desir Johnson.
0: All right, well, it's going to be a tough run down the stretch for the Florida Gators, but, hey, Billy Napier and his staff has prepped these commitments for what's to come, so we'll see if they can hang on. Corey Bender from Gators Online, thanks for recapping a busy weekend in Gainesville. We'll go talk a little Ole Miss recruiting. Yeah, thanks, Josh. Thank you. miss and Lane kiffin took down jimbo fisher in texas a.m to push the rebels record to eight and one on the season and old miss fans they're undoubtedly impressed with the win and so were recruits in this video we're going to hit on the top flip targets that were on campus this weekend including a top pass catcher committed to bama now we know lane kiffin is a frequent shopper at the transfer portal and this weekend he had a 300 three hundred pound offensive tackle from Michigan State on campus. So Ole Miss fans, hit subscribe to the On3 Recruits channel. It's an exciting time. Recruiting is heating up. We need you to be a part of it. Hit subscribe. Thank you. Okay, let's bring out my guy Zach Barry from Ole Miss Spirit site here at On3. Before we get into the big offensive line transfer that was on campus, let's talk about these two flip targets. I'm talking about Caleb Odom, the tight end committed to Alabama and four-star wide receiver, Chance Robinson of Miami. Let's start with the number two ranked tight end in the country. Now, I saw him earlier in the week wishing a happy birthday to Nick Saban and kind of thought to myself, man, he, I think he's locked in. But after going to a game like that, after visiting Oxford for, for a win like that, what's going on with Caleb Odom and Ole Miss? Is there a, is there a chance here we see a flip? There's definitely
3: a chance. Um and, and don't forget, it's back-to-back weekends in Oxford. He was yeah. there last weekend um, for the Vanderbilt game, which you'd think on you know, not a not a huge game to go to. It was a night game, still a great atmosphere. I was in the building. It was it was still pretty impressive from the Ole Miss fan base to to show out like they did against lowly Vanderbilt. But back-to-back weekends, it's still going to be tough to to get it done against Nick Saban. Alabama rolled on Saturday night, um, but. We, we talked about it before um, on the show, and we talk about it all the time on our message board. Caleb Odom appeared to be all Ole Miss until Alabama got in the picture. Uh, Dane Stevens, the Ole Miss staffer, John David Baker, the tight ends coach, and then Lane Kiffin himself personally recruiting him for pretty much the entire cycle. They had some, some really good relationships built with him and the family, and then Nick Saban comes calling, and the rest is history. But – Back-to-back weekends in town. You mentioned him giving a shout-out to Saban on his birthday. You know, he, he does all the right things on social media. He he interacts a ton with Ole Miss on, on the Instagram and, and Twitter and, and all of that. So, um, you know, slight sliver of a chance. I think the fit is certainly there. He likes Ole Miss's – I think they were the initial – their initial pitch was – Hey, we want you to just basically be a big wide receiver, and nobody else was really recruiting him in that way, and, and that's what he is utilized at at Carrollton in Georgia in their offense, and I think that he sees a path for him to get on the field sooner rather than later at Ole Miss, being that big physical, um, you know, maybe not like a Trey Harris, but you know, kind of the you know what Ole Miss thought Michael Trigg mm-hmm. would be. You know, kind of like the Kyle Pitts was at Florida a couple of years ago when he was so dynamic and a mismatch nightmare. So that's the pitch. Um, it's going to go down to signing day for sure. But um, I, I don't know if I'm comfortable giving a percentage yet. But he keeps, you know, follow the visits, Josh. That's that's the mantra in recruiting. So he keeps showing up. So we'll see.
0: Absolutely. I, I definitely think this is one that old Miss fans probably don't need to get too fired up about coming out of the weekend. But definitely put it to the side and just remember that Caleb Odom is going to be a battle all the way to signing day. Okay, now I want to know about Chance Robinson. Now, he's committed to Miami. The Canes were busy losing to NC State on Saturday, and Chance Robinson was in Oxford. How deep is this recruitment in this relationship? I haven't heard too much about Chance Robinson and Ole Miss, but he's on campus now, so tell me.
3: Yeah, I heard some rumblings earlier in the week that there would be uh, maybe a shocker to show up in town for this one. Um, Didn't get word of it until Friday when uh, on three, our our very own Sam Spiegelman reported that he would be in town. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Sam actually put out a little intel piece and, you know, talked with Chance Robinson briefly. I'm hoping to talk with him later uh, this afternoon, but you know, visits always go well. They they rarely are not a good time. Uh, But the atmosphere was great. Um, you know, he admitted that. He said the, the culture was, was, quote, different, which is interesting. Um, I, I feel like that's been a big thing for Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin talks about pro mindset a lot, how they approach everything you know, very businesslike. They try to be professionals about how they go about their, their quote, business. Um, so I don't know. He's been committed to Miami since April. He hasn't really gone anywhere. I, I think he has a trip planned to Ohio State. Um, we know how Brian Hartline is with wide receivers. He pretty much just kind of goes and gets whoever he wants. Um, so we'll see. He's a, he's a Florida guy. Miami's still recruiting well, despite, uh, you know, a very up-and-down season for Mario Cristobal and the Canes. But, again, follow the visits. There's certainly a reason why he went to Ole Miss. It was an unofficial visit. It wasn't an official capacity. So that alone – should pique your interest if you're an Ole Miss fan, just him coming all the way from Fort Lauderdale to uh, to Oxford, Mississippi. Uh, so if they can get him back on campus for an official, I think that's when you really need to start putting your ear to the ground.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I think as it stands now, he's solidly committed to Miami, but if there was a team or two teams I would watch, it would be Ole Miss and Ohio State. So we'll just see what happens there with Chance Robinson, but I thought it was intriguing that he showed up for a visit. All right. Let's sure. talk about Keyshawn Blackstock. Now, he's the six foot five, three 315-pound prospect. He only played in four games this season for the Spartans. Decided to open things back up after the dismissal of head coach Mel Tucker. Now, he's got some offers. NC State, Texas Tech, Houston, Pitt, California, Memphis, Nebraska, Virginia Tech, Penn State. You name it, there's even more. Uh, how much of a priority is he for Ole Miss? How long and and how far along is this relationship with the staff? And, you know, do you think that he's going to take a whole bunch more visits before making a decision or could he try to shut this thing down pretty soon?
3: You know, it's, it's tough to tell that most portal guys are, are not going to do a lot of talking. Um, they're, they're going to, that's, that's kind of the business side of recruiting these days. They're going to, take their visits, do their research. Yeah, they've already know, been through collect, the process. Yeah, yeah, collect some beta and then, and then make a decision. Uh, it's it, huge to get him in town for this game. Uh, as I mentioned, the atmosphere was top-notch. It was a, it was a fantastic game. I mean, yeah. I was telling people yesterday, that's the game you want recruits to go to. Uh, you know, blowout wins are great. You know, on paper, it, it looks good with all the highlights, but <laughs> typically a blowout, recruits are probably going to head out and probably go to the Grove or – Go get something to eat, but if it's a back and forth affair like it was on Saturday with the Aggies, they're going to stay in their seats. They're going to be glued to the game. So that was big. I would think that the emphasis and the timing of bringing him in so quickly shows that Ole Miss is very much intrigued and, and would, you know, possibly love to add him to the roster. Um, big physical guy. They're going to need some some pieces uh, either the portal. Uh, it's probably going to be like a plug and play type pitch here because very rarely do true freshmen get in and play in the sec at a high level. Uh, it's just very tough on the interior, but yeah, I mean, he's an experienced guy. He was a junior college, all American. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, only played in four games with the Spartans before Tucker was, uh, was let go. So um, could very well, you know, secure a red shirt and uh, and have that extra year of eligibility. But, yeah right now it's a little early but getting him in town with all the offers that he's already received was big to kind of get that first crack at him before anyone else does
0: yeah and it definitely shows that there's mutual interest because like you said with all those offers you know that Ole Miss isn't the only team trying to get him on campus they probably had to battle it out just to even get him there over the weekend that shows interest on Blackstock's end, and it's something that we'll keep a, a close eye on okay so, with Ole Miss's season success, can they take this momentum into the recruiting season and make some real noise on the recruiting trail?
3: I think so. It's been a, uh, a kind of a shift in their strategy in how they've recruited this cycle. Uh, the first couple years of of Lane Kiffin's tenure, you know, the first year was COVID, so that was very unique and, and challenging in its own right. But mm-hmm. after that, you know, Kiffin was kind of the first to really Implement the portal recruiting strategy and going heavy portal and getting that first class in with Dart, Zach Evans and the rest of the, the bunch. But now it seems they've gone a different way about they want to get experienced portal guys that have played a lot of football. I think that's why you've seen the Ole Miss defense take another step up this year mm-hmm. with Pete Golding in that first year is they've got a ton of experience you know, front seven, back end at all three levels, they they have dudes that have played a lot of football. So it's not just high end four or five star talent that signed somewhere and then left because they weren't playing or they didn't like it. I mean, these are, you know, some of them are G5 guys, some of them are power five, but guys that have played three or four years of college football. Now I think they're going to the high school ranks to build up that depth, that quality depth that's so crucial for recruiting and you know, not only recruiting, but in the SEC, but they're going to really go after some top targets now that they're sitting at 22 commits in this 24 class. They've got a really good solid, just a really solid foundation, especially Mm -hmm. up front. This defensive line class is pretty, pretty legit. Um, They're, I think they're going to go after a linebacker. um, Certainly a running back in Cuban Lacey. They're going to battle Florida and Alabama for him. And I'm not sure about quarterback. I don't think they're going to take a quarterback. They don't really need to with, you know, there's a, there's a chance Jackson Dart comes back. Um, And then they've got Walker Howard and um, Austin Simmons waiting in the wings. So they don't really need to get a quarterback. I think they're probably going to push out to 25 or 26 focus there um, just because of the timing. But yeah, I think they're going to try to find a, you know, a portal lineman or two, probably a defensive lineman and then uh, go heavy high school and just kind of Big game hunt, you know. Chance Robinson, a big four-star yeah. wide receiver. Caleb Odom, a four-star tight end. Keewan Lacy, a four-star running back. Um, you know, they they hosted uh, D'Angelo Barber over the weekend for an official right, visit committed to Auburn. Auburn. Commit. So they're 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 gonna they're gonna really you know be be methodical and, and surgical with how they go about high school prospects because of the depth of the class they already have. With high
0: school rates. I I think that's really interesting because a lot of times, well, not a lot of times, but the last couple of years, like you said, Lane Kiffin has kind of decided to punt on high school recruiting, you know, for lack of a better term. As soon as he misses on those top guys, it's like, oh, we're just gonna go to the portal to fill these scholarships. And now you're saying that they're gonna go heavier on the high school. And it makes sense too, especially when you're when you're dealing with a one-loss program, you have that recruiting momentum behind you. And you know, Lane Kiffin, he likes those flips late in the cycle. So it could get exciting here. Zach Barry from Ole Miss Spirit. Thanks for stopping by the Inside Scoop. Exciting weekend for Ole Miss recruiting out to Tuscaloosa where the tide are hosting a big visit weekend as LSU came to town big game big win big name recruits on campus Bama knows this feeling and so do their fans so in this video we're going to hit on two important official visitors the number two ranked 2025 quarterback was in Tuscaloosa this weekend and his decision is coming soon plus we're going to figure out Alabama's running back situation but first Bama fans hit subscribe to the on three recruits channel we got a lot going on we need you to be a part of it please hit subscribe for me okay let's bring in joseph hastings from bama online to talk more and i want to start with the official visitors of course was jay sean ross from kansas city and then also elias williams who is committed to missouri he was on campus and then unofficially solomon williams was there now he's a big time four-star edge out of the tampa bay area I'm noticing that Alabama had three versatile defensive linemen that can all play the edge position. So I just want to know how many of these guys can Alabama take and how do you see it all shaking out?
4: Yeah, so just looking at those trio of prospects right there, Elias Williams, 6'4", 270, 275 pounds, put on about 30, 35 pounds in the offseason of weight. Uh, so he could potentially put on an additional 10, 15, uh, 20 more and potentially yeah. slide inside of the defensive line. So okay. I don't know if he'll necessarily be an edge rusher, that traditional Jack linebacker mm-hmm. in Alabama's defensive scheme as a Jay Sean Ross and a Solomon Williams would be. Um, so I can see him potentially lining up anywhere along the defensive line with his hands in the dirt. As for Solomon Williams, you know he's that, he's that traditional Jack outside linebacker for Bama. Um, you know, the ones that they type, they like to recruit, uh, signed a few of them last cycle. And then with Jayshon Ross, he's an intriguing one because, you know, Alabama extended an offer just over a week ago. Kind of want to get him on campus, you know, um, you know, see, see where things stand with him physically, just kind of where he's at. So we'll kind of have a little bit more of an idea following his official visit with the Crimson Tide, but um, definitely, definitely, um, you know, something to look at in terms of how Alabama bought all three in, uh, definitely interested in, in those three right there. And we'll kind of see how it plays out each other recruitments and hoping to catch up with uh, the official visitors soon
0: yeah now let's talk a little bit about Solomon Williams because I think the timing of this visit is interesting to me because coming out of the summer we thought maybe he'd be ready to make a decision it seemed like Alabama was in a really good spot as the season gets going it felt like things were trending towards Texas A&M I think our, our co-worker Jerry Hamilton put in a pick for the Aggies even a couple weeks ago but Their season began to spiral and now he's back in Tuscaloosa. What do you make of this visit and where things stand now with Solomon Williams?
4: Yes. So Solomon was actually supposed to be back at Alabama September 9th for the game against Texas. He he took that official visit uh, with the Crimson Tide back in June. And, you know, at the time, it was like, oh, man, he wasn't able to make it out there. Is there a little bit of concern? Then he made it out to Texas A&M for a couple of visits. Interestingly, though, one of those visits was his official during the weekend that Alabama came into town and beat Texas A&M at Kyle Field. Uh, and then Bama was able to get him on campus this weekend for the LSU game, mm-hmm. possibly by all counts the most electric atmosphere, electric crowd there at Brian denny Stadium this season. So, um, you know, just in terms of how the visits have lined up, how he decided to push back his Commitment time frame from shortly around the summer to maybe mid October to potentially coming soon. This visit could potentially help out Alabama just in terms of when it was placed. And you know, I just got off the phone with Solomon. Alabama is on his short list. They're continuing to recruit him hard. Um, you know, he enjoyed his experience there at, at, at Alabama, and we'll see if a decision is coming soon. But um, just in terms of the timing of it it, it, it seems to have been beneficial for the Crimson Tide.
0: Yeah, especially if a decision comes soon. We'll wait and see what exactly happens with Solomon Williams. But if this ends up being his final visit before he makes his announcement, then I do like the tides' chances. All right. I also want to kind of figure out the running back position right now for Alabama in 2024 because Kawan Lacy was on campus. He's the four-star running back from the state of Georgia that was committed to Nebraska for much of the cycle but just decommitted two weeks ago. He was in Tuscaloosa this weekend. Now, Daniel Hill was also supposed to be there. He's the big 6'2", 230-pound back out of Mississippi that's been on campus about 15 times. No exaggeration. Now, he did not show up this weekend. No big deal. But then I also saw a new offer went out. And you don't really see this happen too much with Alabama's current class. A new 2024 running back offer went out. So, Joseph where do things stand with this new offer? Where's Daniel Hill at? And how does Kawan Lacey now factor into this?
4: Yes, yeah, so the new offer is Jaden Baugh, Arkansas commitment out of Georgia, one, 215 pound running back. So you're kind of starting to see a trend a little bit here Big with backs. the type of running back that. Alabama, yes, big backs that Alabama is recruiting. And Jaden actually talked about that with me during our conversation, how Alabama has a history of producing those big backs and how they've been able to sustain themselves in the league, um, you you know, even after playing at Alabama for a few years. So, um, you know, just in terms of where things stand with him, he's potentially looking at a visit to Alabama for their final home game of the season, November 18th against Chattanooga. We'll see if that gets locked in and if potentially an official visit will come after that. We know he just took a visit. To florida for the arkansas game so you know the gators are are in the mix there um you know so you got to see two Two options for him, you know, obviously he's committed to Arkansas, but considering Florida, got to see two of them in person and may see Alabama this month. We'll see if there's a visit lined up to Georgia Tech, but Mm -hmm. Alabama's early on in the pursuit with him. You know, they visited his school about a week before they extended an offer to him. Uh, Communication had started as early as his junior year, so it's not like someone who uh, completely came out of nowhere for them. You know, he's kind of been on their radar, but an offer was just extended and, you know, we'll kind of see where things go there. As for Daniel Hill, you know, obviously it's not necessarily too much of a concern when he doesn't visit Alabama just because of how many times he's been on campus. You said 15. Honestly, it could be twice as much just because he's <laughs> been on campus uh, so many times. He's lost track himself, and he's actually visited Alabama before his recruiting process even started. His, his father is a coach at Meridian High School. Uh, Raquan Davis, uh, eventual Alabama signee, um, you know, uh, attended Meridian, mm-hmm. um, and, and Daniel ended up taking a few visits to Alabama early on before he was even a recruit. So there's a lot of history there between him and the Crimson Tide. But we know South Carolina is firmly in the mix. We know Tennessee is also in the mix with him as well. And then Kawan Lacy, you know, we're waiting for returns from this visit here. But Alabama is one of those schools that, um, you know, is pushing hard for him. You know, he, he's reciprocating interest, obviously showing that he's uh, by taking this visit to Alabama. And once again, kind of as is the case with uh, Jaden Boff they're able to get him on campus for an unofficial later this month you know will an official visit be taken later by Lacey kind of remains to be seen but um, mm-hmm. definitely some options there for the Crimson Tide based on senior evaluation uh, what they'd like from those guys and Daniel Hill's obviously been a priority for a long time
0: yeah so they got options I don't know exactly who they'll sign but I know they're looking for a big back in 2024 and like you said they got three good options there on the board we'll continue to watch that now and under-the-radar storyline for the weekend, I think, was Alabama versus Florida Gators on the recruiting trail. All week, the Gators were trying to get four-star corner Jameer Grimsley, who's committed to the Tide, from tampa on campus in gainesville for their game this weekend it looked like he was going to make it there and then all of a sudden on saturday we hear that jameer grimsley actually showed up in tuscaloosa not only that but alabama got florida four-star linebacker adarius hayes on campus so they kind of pulled the okey-doke on him it looked like jameer was going to go to uf instead adarius hayes shows up at alabama what's going on i mean obviously first of all with jameer do you think this kind of solidifies things or should uh Alabama fans still feel a little concerned then we'll get to a Darius Hayes in a second
4: yeah you know obviously you know you hear about Jameer and you know the the fandom of Florida you know um you know being a Florida fan Uh, Mm -hmm. But here's what we know about him just based on the visits. One, he hasn't taken a visit to Florida this year, uh, this season, I should say. Uh, Visited for the Florida Georgia game, but obviously that was a neutral side game. When Florida had that big game against Tennessee on September 16th, he opted to go to USF and watch the Alabama USF game instead of Mm -hmm. going to the Florida Tennessee one. Um, You know, visited um, Bama for multiple games a season. And, you know, what ended up happening here is that his mother was able to get time off. Um, You know, and and able to take this visit to Alabama. It's a first game day um, at Brian Denny Stadium. So she really wanted to go um, and and they opted to make that decision and ended up working out really well for them, you know, coming from Tampa to Tuscaloosa that it was a night game. So they were able to make it work. Um, you know, we'll see if, if a visit to Florida ends up taking place. They do play Florida State this month. Yeah. Uh, Florida State could potentially receive a visit there as well. But um, you know, in past conversations, uh, Jameer has just remained firm with the Crimson Tide, uh, has stayed locked in, and you know, the visits have kind of been evident of that. With Darius Hayes, you know, he was a name that actually had kind of popped up a few months ago. Um, you know, Alabama uh, went to his school during the spring evaluation period, so we know that we knew that they were that he was kind of on their radar at the time. Uh, Waiting for feedback, return from this trip here, what this was about. There was a strong, heavy Tampa presence um, at this Alabama game, as you can tell, with Solomon Williams and uh, Jameer Grimsley and Alabama commit Joseph Ayanada. So definitely a strong Tampa presence there. And we'll we'll, we'll wait to see what happens there. But, um, you know, definitely a storyline to pay attention to for sure. Yeah,
0: and Darius has said all the right things pertaining to his commitment to UF. But he's showed up a couple times now in Coral Gables, visiting Miami, I think, on one or two weekends. Now he's showing up at Alabama, so maybe there is a little bit more to his recruitment than he's leading on. Keep an eye on that one as well. All right. I want to talk about George McIntyre, the number two ranked quarterback in the 2025 class. You got LSU, Tennessee, Alabama, UCLA. There's a few others, but... He's inching closer to a decision. And as time goes by, every visit that he takes gets more and more important. I think he's probably going to decide in February. So we're looking at what, like two, three months max it uh, before the number two ranked quarterback in the country is off the board for the 25 class. What's your feeling? What, what do you read when you talk to George McIntyre and where Alabama stands in all of this?
4: So I think the first thing that Alabama fans will talk about when discussing the recruitment of George McIntyre is Julian Sain, because Julian saying the number one overall quarterback in the 2024 class is committed to Alabama, very solid with the Crimson Tide, hasn't taken any visits, and is expected to be on campus as soon as next month for bowl prep. Mm-hmm. So a lot of Alabama fans go there. I talked to George a couple months ago about this, and he said that He's actually really cool with Julian has seen him at a few of these quarterback retreats and would love to be his teammate. So, um, you know, I had posed that question to him and he, he seems just fine with, you know, Alabama having, uh, the top ranked quarterback in the class ahead of him if he was to decide to, to choose the Crimson Tide, obviously look, he, he's looking at their quarterback production, their development, the history of guys that they've been able to put in the league, how, how their last four starters prior to, um, uh, prior to Jalen Monroe have gone to the NFL. Uh, and our starting quarterbacks you know in the in the National Football League Tua Tagovailoa Jalen Hurts Mac Jones Bryce Young. So he's definitely looking at that and taking that into consideration. He's also built a good relationship with Tommy Reese as well, offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach there at Alabama. He's been to Alabama a few times, has established connections with a few of Alabama's commitments, most notably Ryan Williams and Jamie French, two five-star wide receiver commitments for the Crimson Tide. So, um, you know, definitely the connections are there, the bonds are there, the quarterback development, he's looking at that. Now it just remains to be seen When he ends up making that decision, like you said, is this going to be his final visit? Will he end up taking some junior day visits, you know, in January? How much could that play into uh, his final decision? But Alabama is definitely one of those top schools in his recruitment and they're pushing hard for him.
0: All right. Well, uh, you know, I don't know if you know, but I put in a prediction on the recruiting prediction machine for George to Alabama. How do you feel about that? You confident in my pick?
4: We'll see what remains to be seen with that one. But, you know, once again, with Alabama and top quarterbacks, you just can't rule them out, you know, and especially, you know, from Tennessee, they were able to land Ty Simpson a couple cycles ago. Uh, George, George really likes the the environment there at Alabama. And um, yeah, Josh, we'll we'll see about your prediction there. It it could be true. We'll see. You know, we will see. I know it's a
0: heated battle. LSU, Tennessee. Alabama. All right there. We'll see what happens with George McIntyre. But today, Joseph Hastings, appreciate you stopping by on a busy day, catching up with all this Alabama recruiting intel.
4: Josh, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Free
0: recruits channel. We have
4: a new page
0: dedicated only to recruiting. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button right now.